Welcome to the new series. We'll try to explain, with the help of God, beautiful ideas and insights of the creation of the world, mystical stuff and beautiful things. But before we, we go into actual information, I would like to give a parable. How can we appreciate what the Torah is all about? Imagine somebody invites you to a beautiful house, a mansion, a beautiful, stunning, very pretty. You look at the walls, very, very nice wallpaper, beautiful taste, like amazing taste, very, very nice. Now imagine, as a contrast to that, going to the palace of a king, a very, very wealthy, powerful king. And as you walk into the palace and you look also like a beautiful, beautiful everything, and also in the wall you see beautiful wallpaper and everything is very, very pretty. And then when they explain to you how the palace is built, they tell you, you know what, like behind that wallpaper is not just normal bricks, but you know what, in the wall, behind the wallpaper, first is a layer of silver. So basically all the walls are silver, but then behind the silver, there's gold, and behind the gold is diamonds. So it's not just like a normal wall with external beautiful wallpaper, but actually it's made of unbelievable stuff. So you have the, the external, the wallpaper, and then you have silver and gold and diamonds. Then you will say, whoa, that's a whole different story altogether when you, when you appreciate what this palace is built out of. This is a parable when we learn the Torah. We should know the Torah is not only what we see in the face value, in the surface of the stories. We should know that according to Kabbalah, the Torah, as it were, is the mind of God. So, in an absolute way, God is infinite. And the closest thing that God made compared to His infinite essence is the Torah. And He was able to share the Torah with us, with humanity. And we should know that as we read the stories and the different aspects of the Torah, we should know there's so much depth into it, just like this parable. We're not only reading words and sentences, but behind every word and every sentence, there's so many levels of depth, like precious materials and metals, gold, silver and gold and diamonds. Actually, our sages teach that when God was uh, telling Mo Moses, Moshe, the Torah Mount Sinai, and Moshe Rabbeinu was writing the Torah, the, f the five books that was commanded to him by God. So, well, just in parentheses, let me explain to you, in Mount Sinai, God only told Moses from the beginning of Genesis to chapter 19 of the book of Exodus, and then throughout the 40 years, all the way until the last day of Moses' life, then God finally gave him all the information of the five books that Moshe, Moses handed to the Jewish people before he died. But all the information that Hashem was, God was telling Moses, it contained four levels of depth. So God was telling Moses, as an example, the beginning of the Torah, God said to Moses, to Moshe, write, and in the beginning, 
God created the heavens and the earth. So Moses wrote those letters, those words, and then God explained to Moshe Rabbeinu different levels of understanding. According to Kabbalah, we call this the Pardes. Pardes are four letters, which is an acronym of four levels, four words. Pei stands for Pshat, which is the face value, the basic level of understanding, the simple translation of the words. So, as an example, the first verse, when it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That translation to English of the surface level is what is called Pshat, the simple, basic translation of the verse. But then God explained a deeper meaning, and then even a deeper meaning. So one is just hinting, information is being hinted in the Torah, then it's even more of a deeper level, how the words and the verses convey also more teachings that you can understand by implication of the wording and the verses. And finally, the fourth and deepest level is called the Sod, the secret, which is the Kabbalah. And every verse, every word, and every letter of the Torah contains these four levels. And there was my parable of going to a house that every brick is not only made out of clay or just cement, but every brick is made out of the external, which is beautiful in its own right, but in a deeper and a deeper and a deeper precious level of understanding. So I hope this parable is going to give us a little bit of an idea before we're going to analyze some beautiful secrets of the Torah, what the Torah is all about, and what a precious gift God gave us, especially to the Jewish people, that the Torah was given to us to learn it and to apply it. Let's try to see some of the secrets hinted in the very first verse that I just mentioned of the book of Genesis. I mentioned this in the previous podcasts, that the word Breshit in the beginning, can be split into two parts. The letter Bet, which is the second letter in the Hebrew alphabet, has a numerical value of two. And this is a concept I explained before, that uh, Kabbalah learns many aspects uh, through numerology. And the way numerology works is that every Hebrew letter is a sign, a number. The first nine letters go from the numbers one to, one to nine, actually the tenth letter even, and then the following letters are 10, 20, 30, 40, until 100, and then the last letters go from 100 to 203 and 400. By taking these values, Kabbalah, Kabbalah learns many aspects about the letters. So going back to the word Breshit, the letter Bet, which is the first letter of the Torah, has a numerical value of two. And then the rest of the word, it says Reshit, which is in the beginning. And to teach us that at the very beginning of creation, there were two things that were created. Let me first explain in terms of Kabbalah, and then I'm going to give a second explanation of this same idea, not so much into Kabbalah. So in terms of Kabbalah, what are the two things that God created before anything and everything? The two worlds. 
this world and the world to come. This world, the way we know it, is a world that was created for us to have free will, to choose to do the right thing, and by that have the merit to receive reward in the world to come. If God would have placed humanity right away in the world to come, it would have been nice, but according to researchers, there would be some level of embarrassment. Like the difference between a person that he works and earns his salary, so at the end of the month, when he receives the payment and he buys food and all his needs with that money, he is able to enjoy it with merit. They belong to the person. But a person that everything is given to him by charity, then he's not able to enjoy it because he feels shame, embarrassment, that he doesn't deserve all that. That's why God first created this world, and he's giving us opportunity through, through, through free will to choose to do the right thing. And that is the fulfillment of Torah mitzvot. And after that, when a person dies, and actually, I, don't, I won't get into details of that process that I explained in the previous podcast, but after a person, uh, when the world to come is gonna, is gonna, when this world is gonna end, and it's gonna be the world to come, it's gonna be the world of reward. Then a person is gonna be able to enjoy that that he uh, built on his own free will and belongs really to him. So that is one of the explanations of the word be reshit, two beginnings, two worlds, this world and the world to come. That is according to Kabbalah. Now, Rashi, which is the main commentary of the five books of the Torah, he brings more of a explanation, not so mystical, but also is very, very important. In the same idea of splitting the world into Bet and Rashid, two and beginning. There are two, the word Rashid, besides mean, to mean beginning, it also means Rosh, from the main thing. So our sages explain that there were two main creations in the world. One is the Jewish people, and the second one is the Torah. And this refers to what I just said in the first explanation, because God created the world to give us free will to attain with our own merit and right the reward for the world to come. The only nation that chose, that accepted the Torah was the Jewish people. God really offered the Torah to all the nations of the world, which is the rules and lifestyle that give people a high level of spirituality and closeness to God. Only the Jewish people were ready to accept and live according to the Torah. And that's what happened later on from creation in the year 2448. That's when the Jewish people became the special nation and they started living according to the Torah and learning the Torah. That is also hinted in this word, be Rashid, to Rashid, that from the very beginning of creation, even though chronologically only happened later on, but it was already God's intent from the very beginning of creation that humanity were able to live 
according to the Torah and use the Torah to become close to God and to become more spiritual. So this is the concept, concept from the very beginning of creation, Be Reshit, two aspects in the creation of the world. There's a beautiful Midrash that obviously needs to be taken in a deeper understanding what are the face value of the story of the Midrash. Midrash means is an oral explanation of concepts of the Torah that later on was put into writing that teaches different aspects of life and of the Torah. So this, let's call it story of the Midrash, says that God choose the letter Bet, as I explained, to be the first letter of how to start the Torah, Bereshit, in the beginning, using the letter Bet. So obviously, in a metaphorical way, the Midrash tells us, like an, in a story, that the letter Aleph, which is the very first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, complained as it were, it went to God. Obviously, again, this is not to be taken literally. This is just in a way of a story to tell us a deeper message, a deeper meaning to it. So the letter Aleph complained to God, and the letter Aleph went to God and said, Master of the universe, this is not fair. I am the first letter of the Alebet, of the Hebrew alphabet. How come you skipped me, skipped me and you started writing your Torah, which relates the creation of the world, with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the letter Bet? It's not fair. So God replied to the letter Aleph, well, you know what, there was a problem over here. That, you know, the letter Aleph, which is your letter, you, it's the first letter of the word Arur. Arur in Hebrew means curse, like a curse, like a, a negative aspect. And the letter Bet is the first letter of the word Bracha, blessing. So says God to the letter Aleph, you expect me to create the world with the letter that is the first letter of, the, of a curse? No, I'd rather chose the letter Bet, which is the first letter of the word blessing. But says God to the letter Aleph, but you know what? Don't worry. Have a, spe a special place for you. And says God to the letter Aleph, you know what, what is that? The Ten Commandments. I'm going to give later on to the Jewish people and actually the basis of morality for humanity, but mainly and mostly directed to the, to, towards the Jewish people. I'm going to give them the Ten Commandments. And actually, the first letter of the Ten Commandments is going to be you, the letter Aleph. I am God, your God, that brought you out of Egypt. So like that, God, in a way, appears the feelings of the letter Aleph. So this is the end of the story of the Midrash, of this uh, parable, this met metaphor. So we have to understand, what does it mean? One of the beautiful explanations is like this. Every, every number conveys, conveys an idea. So Aleph, which is the numerical value of one, represents the oneness of God. We say at the end of the Seder of Pesach, who knows one? One is Hashem, one is God. One is the Almighty. God is explaining to us that the beginning of the world was by introducing multiplicity, 
multiplicity into the world, which is the letter bet. And that is number two, and that is what blessing is all about. In a deeper meaning, the word blessing, Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed are you God, is not the giving thanks. Blessing means an increase, a multiplicity, there should be more. To understand how God created or the basis of the creation of the world is God introducing the concept to be more than just Him. It's very important for us to know there's only one God and it doesn't mean He's only one and there's no other gods. But in a deeper Kabbalistic sense, there's a complete oneness of God. He is everything and everywhere. I won't get now into the deeper mystical meaning of that, but we should know the concept of the unity and the oneness of God. But God is almighty, and He wanted to grant us as creatures the opportunity to exist and to live. So in a way, because He's almighty, He was able to create more than just Him. And that is what the word bracha means. Baruch bracha means multiplicity. There's more than just one. Obviously, then we understand that the whole concept, the whole creation of the world needed to start by multiplicity. And what it, that is what the word bracha and the letter bet mean. The letter aleph, which is the numerical value of one, represents arur, meaning to say somebody that is cursed. Because if a person wants to be one, if he's a narcissist, a selfish, a self-centered, a person that's just thinking about his own ego, then by nature he's going to be cursed. Because the only one that has the right to be the absolute one is God. And that is what the Midrash is teaching us. God is telling the letter Aleph, when it comes to create the world, the world cannot be created with absolute oneness because then nothing would exist. That is what a course means. There's no growth. Aleph, one, means there's only God and nothing, and, and nothing else. So when it comes to the creation of the world, there had to be multiplicity. That's the letter bet. But says go to the letter Aleph, or better to say he's teaching us in the meaning of the letter Aleph, there's one important lesson when the letter Aleph stands, and that is to know there's only one God. And that is at the beginning of the Ten Commandments. And then the second commandment is going to be don't do idolatry and don't uh, convey power to anything else besides God. So when it comes to understand what is the root of everything, then the letter Aleph is very important, takes a very important role to understand there's only one God. There's only one God. So that is when the oneness is very, very important. But when it comes to the world, we have to know that to try to be one and to try to think that everything is around me, that is selfish and that is going to be a curse. The world has to run acknowledging multiplicity, multiplicity and acknowledging the importance of each one of, of, of the of the people, and not only people, but every creature in the world has a place. If we don't appreciate that, that the, the the importance of every creature, then that 
is going to make that person to be cursed. Look what's going on now in the world. There's one guy, his name is Putin, the president of Russia. And I don't want to get too much into politics, but there's one thing that is clear. This man is bringing curse to himself and to millions of people of the world. Only when you care about others, and that's why such an important concept Rabbi Kiva teaches based on the verse of the Torah, love others like yourself. This is the main principle uh, that the Torah is teaching us. How important it is to care about others and to dedicate your, your life for the welfare of others. Continuing in the first verse, there's another beautiful idea. When you read the verse, you, you get the impression that the first thing that God created, besides this Kabbalistic aspect I mentioned, the letter bet and this world and the world to come, but more in a simple understanding of the verse, it would be the heavens, because it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But the Zohar, which is the book of Kabbalah, teaches there was something even before that. It says, Breshit Barelokim Et. At the beginning, God created Et. Et literally means the, the heavens. But the, the word Et is written Aleph Tav. Aleph, as I explained, is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Tav is the last, the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So teaches the Zohar, the book of Kabbalah, that the very first thing that God created before anything is from the letter Aleph to the letter Tav, which is the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And why? Because as you read in chapter 1 of creation, it says that God created everything through speech. So in order for God to speak, he needs to have the alphabet. So first God created the 22 letters, and then God used them as the tools through, he, through which he was going to speak, and through speech, he created the world. This is a very, very important and very deep idea that needs to be explained further. The speech of God in creating the world is not just like a magical understanding, like a, a magician saying abracadabra and woo, something came into existence. But the meaning is that the world is being created every instant through the speech of God. God is constantly, as it were, speaking, and through that speech, the world is enduring. We can understand like electricity. It's not enough just to, uh, to turn the switch on and then you have lights, but you need a constant flow of electricity into your house, and that is the electricity that is going to your lights, to your bulbs, and through that, you're able to create light and see. In the same way, the whole creation of the world, it wasn't just an act of initial creation by God, but really is a constant flow of godliness that that gives existence to the world. It's like the jumping castles that constantly has to be introduced by air. Otherwise, if air stops blowing into jumping castles, then they collapse. They have to be constantly being filled up with air to be able to stand. So 
that is the deep meaning that God created the world through speech. And that's going to be all the processes of creation. So the first thing that God created is the 22 letters. And according to Kabbalah, these letters, each one is a different channel of spirituality. And we can compare these to the elements of the atoms and the molecules, that the different uh, elements have a different nature, like water is H2O, and each element forms a molecule, and you put uh, an atom, and you put together the atoms into molecules, and that's how things exist. So if you would see deeper with a spiritual microscope, you would see that even beyond the atoms and the molecules, you have the Hebrew letters. And everything that exists is being built through these Hebrew letters. So that's why the very, very first thing that God created when he came to speak and, and through the speech of God created the world were the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. When the Torah says at the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, according to Kabbalah, the heavens means all the potential of the spiritual. And the earth means all the potential of the physical world, of the universe. So what the first verse is telling us, that initially God created in potential everything spiritual and everything physical, like two different cells. And then he put them together. And through that, he started creating the world and everything that the world contains. And we can compare this to the conception of a human being. I mentioned there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And the interesting thing is also in the DNA of people, we have 22 plus one chromosomes. 22 chromosomes that in that the DNA codifies everything that a person is. And the 23rd is only whether it's a Y and X was going to be a boy or a girl. But what really makes up a person is the 22 chromosomes. So everything in the physical is a reflection of the spiritual. Because God created the world through the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, also when it comes to people, we're built through 22 chromosomes. And like this, we have a deeper understanding of the first verse. Initially, God created it from Aleph to Tav, the 22 spiritual chromosomes, the 22 letters. And then through them, he created the heavens, which is, as it were, the cell of spirituality, which would be the sperm, as it were. And then the earth, which is the egg, the physicality, the, the, the female cell. And then, as it were, God put them together. And then there were different stages of creation from day one to day six. After the first verse, if you see, there's going to be other nine times during creation that says, and God said, let it be. Day, day number one says, and God said, let it be light. Day number two, it says, and God said, let it be firmament dividing the waters and so forth. So these nine times after the verse number one can also represent the nine months 
of uh, pregnancy in a similar way we see so initially the conception is through uniting these two cells that contain all the potential and then throughout the nine months these nine, uh, two cells start splitting into millions of cells to create a human being in the same way God created the world initially in stage number one he actually first he created the potential of everything then he put these two cells that they were together and then it took nine stages we we see that nine times is written in the book of genesis and god said let it let this be created let this be formed and even though i'm going to mention in the in the next podcast why it took as it were six days for god to create the world but we have to see that in those six days were really nine things mainly that were formed through speech. And just to sum up what I said today, that the speech, the words of God in creation, is is the is a spiritual atoms that they form and shape everything that exists. And that was the main aspect of creation through this speech to bring everything into existence. And that took nine stages that they parallel the nine months of pregnancy.